Welcome to the Black Dads Germany podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having empowering discussions around the black father experience here in Germany, as well as creating a safe space for our community. If you'd like to join the movement, please do join our Facebook page, Black Dads Germany. We are definitely changing the narrative. Hello and welcome to the Black Dads Germany podcast. My name is Bantum Chiselo. Uh, my name is Alan and I'm happy to be back here. Hey everybody and hi Bantu, hi Alan. I'm excited to be on this. Um, gentlemen, we are on our second episode. We should be proud. And the oh, yes. reception that we've been getting on the first episode was amazing. Um, I got some comments from black dads and moms from Germany as well as in South Africa. So that means that we are doing a good thing. And this is a platform that a lot of people have been waiting for. And what do you have to say about the last episode, gentlemen? I think it was fantastic. Uh, the feedback I've been getting is uh, amazing um, from friends, family, colleagues, allies across the world, pretty much the US, the UK and Germany and in Africa, Uganda. It's been amazing. It's quite exciting, yeah. Um, so very good. I mean, <laughs> this is one of a kind in, in Germany, right? Uh, <laughs> the first, the very first one in Germany. And our, the resonance is really, really positive. A lot of people um, excited about what Black Death Germany is doing. And the podcast is a, it's a good way to to raise awareness, to talk about, you know, a Black experience, but our Black Death experience that's pretty much different and yeah um i'm excited it's a journey it's a very very interesting journey one thing i picked up from our first episode was that we had a similar experience in terms of our dads it's either they were not there they just decided to hit the road and not even look back or our dads were there and they were not present and it prompted us to continue the conversation around how we feel growing up without our dads and what it has done to us. Um, for me personally, my dad was around. I knew who he was and I engaged with him, but he was never really around. For you specifically, um, if I go to you, Peter, can you... Just elaborate on the first episode that we had um, and also the experience that you had as well with your dad and how has it affected you moving forward? So from the first episode, we were challenging the topic around being black men and black fathers in the society where we are a minority. And that's already challenging enough. So to add on another brick is knowing that you don't have a father there as a role model to help you to get over these challenges um for myself my father's never really been there um so it's been a struggle throughout my life so it leads on to important questions in this podcast that we're having because when he has come into my life it's been more asking for money and not explaining his absence so it leads on to my question is it our responsibility as fathers that we are now to forgive our absentee fathers and move on hmm. Um, <laughs> um, that's a very, very good question. Um, very, also very emotional and, and very difficult to answer. And one of, I think, 
and the trouble with um, not being a kid, uh, the trouble with that is that you naturally you, you love your father and your mother, <laughs> no matter what they do, right? It's, it's like the, even the absence of the father, it turns, even when it turns to, for some people in my case, that wasn't the case, but even when it turns to something like hate, you still, that hate is still a cry uh, for love. And um, my my own experience is just like anyone else that um, any any other kid that didn't just grow um, grow up with the uh, with his father. My experience is that he wasn't there first, um, and from the very first, really the very first day. And one of the reason being that um, my mother was very young when they got to know each other. She was twenty four, I think, or twenty three years old. And she was studying and she got pregnant, <laughs> pregnant with somebody that she, that was the first love, you know, for her. And she just, and she used to tell me, well, he was, the father is a handsome man. He was an handsome man. He was, you know, well-spoken and so on and so forth. And it, it was older. So he was older than my mother. So he didn't, he didn't really tell my, my mother that he, he already have a family. He has a family already, something like that. So. And when she got pregnant and then she said, I, I got pregnant, he, he just said, no, I, I don't want to have it. <laughs> I don't want to have it. And my mother was really, really proud, a proud woman. So she just said, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to take care of him and uh, I'll do that. Uh, I I just do it by myself and, you know, and see how it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to have to survive this. Well, so how do you grow up with you, are you how to grow up with something like that and and really try to really there's so many different pieces that you want to bring together. It's like a puzzle, right? Like you you, you there's a piece missing and you keep on searching. So I remember sometime when I was um at school and people talking about their fathers, you, you can't talk about it, right? You you can enjoy that time to uh, kids talking about how their fathers are great and the type of cars that the father is having, the next uh, the the next um, uh, toy that the father just brought to them. You you feel that something is really really missing, and it's kind of mess you up a little bit because you grow with frustration with different things. Um, but to cut it short, really, can we forgive as just just ask? Um, I, I, it's so difficult to, to answer that question. Um, is that forgiveness or is that really healing, right? <laughs> mm. Can you heal from it? Uh, I would say I had to heal from it. I needed to heal from it. So I needed to step up and say, well, listen, you have your own life that you have to make, right? It's up to you how you want it and what you want to do with your life. So if you're a father, what would you, what type of father would you be? Would mm. you be your father or would you be the father, the father for those children that you're going to have? So, but it's a healing process and that healing process really takes time. And so he supposed to start with accepting your condition. It's not, it's not like you decided that you want to be fatherless, right? It's not like you decided that you want to be in this world and then there's no one that has to take care of you and being there for you. 
So you have to accept it. And that's the first step. Um, and, and then you have to be proud of talking about who you are, even if you didn't have that father in your life. And you, by accepting it and talking about it. And I remember when I was 16, then I just between 14 and 16, I think I was, I was just someone that was saying, you know, I'm, I don't have a father. Um, my, my father is my grandfather, but my biological father is not there. I don't know him. And actually he died two weeks uh, after we met. And when he decided to kind of, you know, have a, <laughs> whatever he call it, a relationship with me and then just died two weeks after we met. So it's pretty much dramatic, but then you have to learn to move on. Do you forgive? I don't know. Uh, I would say it's more of a healing process because it's a piece that will miss um, all your life, basically. Yeah, um, that's that's quite a very heavy question, Peter, there. <laughs> um, with me, my experience, my mom was very young as well. They were both young. I think my dad is a year or two years older than my mom. She was 18 when she got me. And they were still in high school. And my dad, um, for me, for a long time, I didn't really resent him, but I kept asking myself questions over and over again. What did I do for this guy not to really be around? And I had to force myself to try and impress him so he's a, he, he can be around and play his role, but he never did. Um, to a point where one day after I was done with my high school on my first year of college, I went to um, to the court for maintenance, the maintenance court, took a taxi, and I went to ask there, how can I um, find a way to lay charges against him so that he supports me in a way? My mom had everything for her to really take care of me, but for me it was a statement. Um, we went to court. I didn't tell my grandmother, I didn't tell my mom, so we went to, through this process of court and everything else Finally, he was told to pay um, in South African rands. That that's hundred and fifty rands. Um, that's not not even a lot in euros. So he was paying hundred and fifty rands a month. Eventually, after three months, he decided not to pay it, with no reasons. So I kept pestering him, dude. You made a commitment. You need to um, account, and this is a legal matter. But it went on and I decided, ah, let me just let it go. For for the longest time, I really questioned myself and blamed myself for, for his shortfall in a way. Eventually, I came to a decision where I told myself, I have to forgive this guy because this forgiveness that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about for me personally is not about him. He's the one who messed up and who didn't come to to the fore in terms of taking care of me. It might not have been financially, but to be there as a father and someone I can look up to. And um, he never did that. So I forgave him because I wanted to heal from what he put me through. My mom gave me everything that I needed and my grandmother, but I also needed him as a father because he was living in the same area as I am and he didn't really bother so um, eventually I got to find out that I have siblings and my siblings were in the same position. They had resentment over this guy and every time they would 
confide in me, I'll tell them, for me personally, I've forgiven him because I'm taking problems that are not mine and making them mine. This guy is the problem. I am not the problem. So the only yeah. thing I can do is to forgive him for me to be healed from everything that he was never to me. Mm. And my mother passed away in 2013, 2014. And after my mother passed away, we had a little bit of a relationship. We would visit each other. He would send me a please call me and I will call him. And when I moved to Germany, he really didn't reach out and I would call him all the time until a time where I was like, no, man, this guy is not taking any effort, is not making any effort, rather. So let me just cut ties because there's WhatsApp these days. His girlfriend that he lives with has a WhatsApp and I send them pictures of my boy all the time and communicate with them. But he never really picks up the phone and says, hey, how are you doing, man? And how's the little guy? So for me, I've forgiven him in that way so that I can find healing and be mm. able to continue with my life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's um, it's very interesting, the perspective both Bantu and Alan, you've both given me here. I mean, at one point I was siding with Alan that it's a healing process. And Bantu, that, that moment when you say forgiveness, is it's one of the things that's, quite difficult to do um i've tried it didn't clearly work so now i'm in the process of healing you know it leads on to my next question but before i get onto it it's the life choices that we make that's what i want to find out but um to say that i forgive my dad i tried that but i find that forgiveness sometimes gives somebody an opportunity to take advantage that's right because they see it as your weakness yeah uh, and uh, this guy's, I, I feel that my dad has destroyed certain relationships I wish I had. Mm. Uh, he has, I found out like many of, many of us tend to, that I have 13 siblings from mm. his side and a few of them tried to reach out to me. One actually, funnily enough, was a pastor. So he was preaching to me about the many things of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um through the relationship I've had with my dad, it's also kind of destroyed the relationship I have with uh, God. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting thing that is being raised here. And I think like Alan said, I, I'm in the process of trying to heal. Mm. Um, one is for my daughter. I'm grateful that the choices I've made in this world haven't been impacted as a result of my father. More so they've been, spurred on by his absence and his lack of fatherness. So we know in society we are told so many of the impacts that people who grow up about their fathers have and the choices they make. We can talk about the emotional, the mental impacts, and sometimes the criminal activities they get through or the educational struggles they have to deal with. Um, for me, I've been fortunate enough to to have other members of the family that have stepped up to take that role model replacement. Mm. Um, a strong community of strong women who've guided me at times, gave, gave me the beating I need to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in the question I, I want to pose to the, to the group is, 
have your lives do you feel been impacted or your choices within your life been impacted as a result of growing up without a father um for me yes no i was raised by a community of very strong women my grandmother and my mom for me how it all impacted me is that i still struggle to express myself and my emotions i always keep to myself that i always have the um the mentality that i don't want to put my burdens on other people so emotionally i'm still struggling to really express myself and how i feel especially when i feel very bad i just go silent so that is in a way how it affected me because i didn't really have someone to really talk to to confine to who's a man i had my uncles around who played the father figure but we cannot kid ourselves and say yeah our uncles were really our fathers they were there as as father figures i remember you said peter you were raised by your uncle who gave up everything so that he can be there for you but that need to have your father to really um learn from him to get some wisdom from him in a way for me it messed me up emotionally because i'm i don't express myself emotionally that easily so that's how it affected mm. me oh man i feel you <laughs> i feel you because um part of it is um as as peter said no i think bantu you said that um you were so raised and um, you know in, in with a lot of women around really um you know and taking you know they they, they were in charge right and mm-hmm. in, in my family um that's the same thing but you you still see that while there is that that's all that is not so well balanced because in in the house where um i i i believe in strong women and i love it I'm, i mean when i look at my daughter i'm not just like i i like to tell her you're strong you're smart you know mm. <laughs> and and that's so great but we we can deny the fact that um uh, a young boy and uh, male needs to have a father and there are a lot of study out there you know <laughs> just like peter said some of some of us that couldn't just make it really uh, come to the point where you can have some kind of self discipline in your life and make sure that um you give you you find that direction yourself because no one is giving that to you it's it's not really easy and um, in in my family where um the women really they were in charge um but i kind of face the other side the the the, the let's say the the dark side of all that was that i i used to see some of my uncles there in the house not having not being able to be those men they can also carry the family together with the women are doing that mm. so you're still in the position where as a young kid you're still looking at that man that can set up and be that role model that you you need right and mm. and and it's like that is so missing that's the time comes where when emotionally as you said um you you want to express something you feel like there's nobody you can talk about it. you know there's no one you can turn to and say 
Well, listen, <laughs> I just I just got, you know, in this kind of trouble because you feel like they won't get it, right? They love you, you know, they love you, but you feel like they won't just get it. And it puts yourself, and we uh, I, I do have a question around that later, it puts yourself in a position where you have to take some kind of responsibility and asking a 10-year-old boy, a 12-year-old boy to be responsible. I mean, for, you know, it, it's so, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing when you think about it, right? When I look at my first boy, he's 14. That guy is still a child. Mm. He's 14, but he's still a child. I can talk to him as a man sometimes, but I also know that it, the way he can behave, the way he can say things, he's still not just mature enough to understand some of the things in this life. So he needs me to kind of lead him and give him, you know, direction. And you're in the position where you kill some of the feeling that a normal, a normal young man will be having uh, in a one-to-one conversation with his father, right? You put it yourself in a position, you keep them for yourself and you start shutting the, shutting uh, some doors uh, up because actually, as Bantu said, I didn't want to, I didn't even try to talk to my mother about some of these things sometimes because I was like, I don't want her to feel that burden, right? I don't want her to to take my burden because she already said, I want to have this guy and I'm alone. I have to raise him alone. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even ask. And then I, when I think back, I'm like, um, it took me maybe 20 years to ask my mother one day, what just happened, right? Mm. No, sometimes even more than 20 years then. Like what just happened? Because I felt like, no, I don't want, I don't want her to go back to something that hurts. You know, I don't want to be a burden and I want to keep my stuff. So I, I have to go through different relationships where I actually have to hear sometimes my partner saying, Man, you don't talk about your feelings, right? You don't talk about things that just bother you. So I have to learn and learn. And with my wife right now, what we've done the last the past like four years is to having really session in the week where we're talking about our feelings. Mm. And but I can tell you four years ago, I couldn't just do that. And I, I, I couldn't I was like, no, what? No, I'm fine. <laughs> you want to do what? No, no, come on, God, forget about it. So I have to learn and you know destroy some of the patterns of the strategy that I've built upon the time, and and that is really, really, it's wary, mm. right? Yeah. We, so. um, gents, we are now dads. We have our own kids, and for me, I've always had. This fear, when I have my own child, am I going to emulate what my father did to me? Will I ever have a good relationship with my child? So I had all these conversations in my mind that were not going anywhere, but drawing me inside the ground. How do we then find a way to rid ourselves of such a mentality in terms of comparing ourselves with our dads who were absent and how we raise our kids, how do we go about just not comparing ourselves to our dads? Oh, man. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> I think um, we, we started already because nobody can see what we're doing now, but as every one of us has been talking, we've been nodding our heads 
in the sense of like for like share similarities. There's the sense of denial, emotional disconnect. We are still soul searching our place in this world. And what we're doing is that we're sharing our experiences, which are allowing us to take away that loneliness. And as fathers, we have to work together. It's an exploration type of aspect of it. I mean, it's a great question you ask. I have a four-year-old. <laughs> you know, it, it's important to discipline your child when you know that what they're doing is wrong. But sometimes I tend to overthink that discipline. Um, I'm not saying I, I get aggressive or anything, but I tend to overthink it. Or, for example, if um, if I see her doing something that I feel is unacceptable in a, in, in a, the Spielberg, Mm. then I have to speak to her. But I noticed that another dad of a different colour lets worse scenarios be let or let them get away with things. And then when I use that kind of discipline and then I, I do a 360 and I'm overly soft, loving, cuddly, letting her get away with it and have as many sweets as she needs to. Mm. So I'm forever chasing within my mind what's right and wrong. And it's important as dads that we discuss it in an open forum um, and make humor out of it. There's things we're still exploring because we never had a dad to show us what needs to be done. More so we had a woman to show us this. But it's important, like you said before, Ben, to, like you said, in my scenario, I had an uncle. And you're right, it didn't feel like he was a dad. Um, so there's still that what Alan said earlier, there is still that missing puzzle. No matter how much counselling you can get, you know, that doesn't replace that puzzle. It just makes you understand a few things a little bit better. But we are still emotionally disconnected. Yeah. So from from my perspective, I will be learning from the dads within this group because I'm sure we all share the same things in common. And Alan, you said one other thing that's important is talking with your partner. And that's something that's very crucial um, because what you may think is um, tough may actually be the right cause that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but when I think of um, that, that's a great, really a great question, Bant. And, but I'll, my thoughts are like, we have to allow ourselves um being just human being right we we have to accept that and this is also the you know the downside of, of what you have to go through not growing up with your father is as as um, Pete just said you you want to to do more than what you have to do actually <laughs> as being just a dad yeah. right and um, and giving just the natural thing that as a dad, you have to give to your child, which is just love the child, right? And support the child, educate your child, be there, correct the child, give direction, be a mentor, and so on and so forth. But you feel really sometimes like you gotta be more than that. And one of the reasons really why I wanted to have um, Black Death Germany also. It's 
besides really making sure that our children can have that majority experience and have a space, a safe space, and we can have, or we can also have that safe space, is this learning process, really. It's like talking about things that are happening to us as human beings, right? Before even being black people, <laughs> talking yeah. about what's, what's happening to us as human beings, because as any human being, we have the same emotions. We can cry, we can smile, we can, we have fears, we, we can tremble, we can stumble, we can wake up uh, and, and stand up again when things are very difficult. Or we need somebody to carry us sometimes along the way when we can't make it by ourselves. So we just human beings. So I've, I've learned through uh, and because I was a father very young, when I'm saying very young, but because, you know, in the society we're living in Germany, if you're 26 years old or 27 years old, is not yet a father sometimes. So I was 27, I, I believe, when my first kid was born. So that makes you very young. And it's such a learning experience and a journey that you take in that's there is no book that can prepare you really for something like that. It's mm. the biggest challenge that you really kind of have in your life. We're not talking about having a job. I mean, anyone can have a job or make money if they, uh, they, they want to make money, have a job. But things like, you know, having into taking care of a child, having that responsibility for life, it's a life lifetime thing it's not something that you can decide like oh tomorrow i'm not going to be your father anymore <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and i needed i really needed to have you guys i needed to have brothers i needed to have people that went through this kind of experience and and share just like we're doing it right now from a private to a public of really to now we're making it public with a podcast but it's it's about, you know, telling our stories and telling people that actually we, we, we sing a simple thing. We are human beings, not perfect. And we are learning. We are, um, we, we, we're trying to make sure that we can be better every single day, right? Um, because it's for life. I used to say to my wife, you know, life is not um, like um, a sprint or a hundred meter. You know, you, you you don't need our Jamaican brother to be a world champ. That life is like thousand, two thousand, five thousand. It's like you go and doing a jogging on, in the forest. You know, you have four or five kilometers. That's how it is. You gotta make sure that time to time you rest a little bit, or make sure that you know you don't want to get tired very quick. <laughs> so for that means that every experience that you're having in uh in in in, in your life you get a count on that uh, and counting the good things and learning from anything else that is coming so yeah um yeah. before we close it um gents time is always the issue <laughs> yeah um i know we're talking about our experiences and we're talking about absent fathers but I don't want us to close the door to the black men who grew up without a father and now they find themselves in a situation they are forced to be absent for their own kids for different reasons. Um, because this absent father situation 
is more than being a 2D image. There's a whole mm. lot of aspects to it. For instance, in my culture, when you impregnate a girl and you're not married, you have to pay damages. And mm. if you don't pay those damages, the abuse that the man goes through with the family and the opportunity to be a father to a child, they are taken away. And you find another man who now is no longer in a relationship and the relationship is sour or they decided to to go separate ways. Then there's an opportunity there for him not to be given that opportunity to be a father, to father the kids. Us, we have this opportunity within this circle to talk and to heal in a way. Briefly, what can you say to this man who's going through this they're not being absent because they want to be absent, but the current the situations or they are made to be absent. Oh. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I mean, we've all got friends that are in that situation, even family relatives that are in that situation. Um, the basic thing that they already know is just continue to fight, keep on fighting. Um, it will pay off. And in a sense, you've got a community who's there to pick you up, like Alan said, when the times are hard. And it's for you to source that community, people that you can trust, people that understand your perspective in the moments that you're down to continue the fight. You are the role model to your child. You are forming somebody who's going to be an incredible human being. Mm. So to give up now would be a difficult thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's not really um, you know the question is not easy but I think you, every dad um, that's really loves a child and I really want to assume because I'm someone that believes that each one of us has love in his heart right no matter what you do because um, each child that is born doesn't know what it means to hate and it doesn't even know what love means it would just love naturally so circumstances in the life and things that would be happening along the way can just, you know, messed up with all that and you turn out to be someone that is messed up. I'm talking about the feelings. But if you love your child, um, you got to fight for that child. Um, I, I, I'm not talking about fathers that just decide themselves that they don't really want to be a father. <laughs> I mean, everyone can be, you know, everyone can make sure that you have a child, but being a father is something else. Mm. But, um, but if you love your child, make sure that you're around. No matter what it is, I mean, no matter how difficult it is, you have to fight for it. You can't stop fighting for it. It's your responsibility to fight. It's your responsibility to find ways, and there are different, different ways. I know, you know, we have different social, you know, uh, and, and, and economical background and so on and so forth. But if you can make sure that that child, you are going to have a relationship to that child, you can't stop fighting. And as Pete said, I mean, one of the great, uh, 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 what I love about what these, what we're doing with Black Death Germany is that we reopen doors for, you know, to people to accept one of the things that we don't in our coming from an African background in Cameroon and 
the way we raise sometimes as a young man, they, sometimes you don't have to, they don't want to see that as a black person, black male, you can be weak, right? <laughs> so um, not understanding that the standard of weakness doesn't mean that actually you have to stop feeling and having feelings and doesn't mean that you have to stop saying that, you know, uh, I am in a bad position. Um, can somebody help? So what this movement is doing is trying to, to make sure that we, people do have to have a space where they can talk about their feeling. They can talk about the type of stuff they're going through. And, and I think the, the community is there. I mean, brothers are there and we want to make sure that people know that we are there and we will listen. And, we support, we talk. I mean, only a talk you have a here to listen that will listen to your story. That can be a healing process, that. Well, we have come to the end of our episode. Episode two, Black Dads Germany on Facebook, Black Dads Germany on Instagram, on YouTube. Just follow us and see what we are up to and the content is out there. We're here to inspire and also to create a bigger community of Black Dads in Germany. Mm-hmm.